Hey everyone, it's Michael. Before we get started, wanted to introduce you to the Union GK Premium. With Premium, you'll get vetted pro players and coaches, interactive breakdown sessions, and exclusive content from top names. Want to try it free for 30 days? Go to unionsports.com slash content slash join. Or download the app free at the Union GK on Apple or Google Play stores. Thanks for making the Union possible, and on with the show. Welcome to Inside. Welcome to Inside the 18. I'm Michael Majid, live from Hollywood, California. I just got a phone call literally as that was going on. Uh, so it completely threw me off on what was going on right here. With me, not dealing with a phone call right now, the one and only 99 World Cup winner, Siskia Weber, who's got a big uh, a big show on CBS tomorrow. Why don't you tell everybody a little bit about that real quick? Yeah, CBS is doing a special, a one-hour special um, on Angel City. So yours truly gets to be in studio for it. And they did a bunch of interviews with um, the owners, players, and everybody. So it should be it should be really cool. It just came out as the uh, the number one team um, cost-wise. So it's worth $180 million dollars. Just Jeez came Louise. out. I wow. know. So we're doing well, something right here in LA, right? <laughs> well, you know, so, somebody who's also valued at one hundred and eighty million dollars is. Uh, <laughs> I didn't say I was <laughs> the team. <laughs> is uh, just for keepers himself, Ray Newland. Uh, Ray Newland, obviously founder of Just for Keepers, uh, and obviously the author of this new book on the Parents Guide for Goalkeeping. Uh, Ray, for some people out there who might not be familiar with you, uh, they might just be like, "Did you just find a crazy guy with a bunch of newspaper clippings in the back in Liverpool?" <laughs> Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, uh, well, first of all, thanks very much for inviting me on the show. Uh, obviously, I've known a lot uh, uh, about you for a long time, Michael. So, uh, obviously, uh, and I know that uh, a lot of my uh, followers uh, obviously uh, follow follow your uh, obviously your podcast because obviously I, uh, you, you put your podcast onto onto my followers. It, it gets shared and all that. So it's actually good to be on here. Uh, at long last, so thanks a million for, for the invite. Much appreciated, guys. But very, very quickly about myself. Uh, I'm uh, originally from Liverpool, uh, England. I've travelled all over the world. I've been very fortunate that goalkeeping's been my passion, my career. I started in goal when I was eight years of age. I was professional goalkeeper for 10 years. And I was coached by five legends um, uh, as, as a goalkeeper myself. I had, I'm just named a few, Peter Benetti, Gordon Banks, Peter Shilton, uh, Neville Southall, uh, absolute legends in the game. Uh, and uh, but my my hobby, my passion, sorry, was always coaching. So even as a professional goalkeeper, every single professional football club I, I played for, bar one, I used to voluntarily coach all the younger goalkeepers. It's just sort of always been in my blood. And anyway, I got injured prematurely at 28 years of age, just as most goalkeepers are coming into their prime. Uh, but I realised that even when I come out of as a young as a young goalkeeper. And obviously, this is sort of what my book is about as well. My journey with my father as a young goalkeeper, there was never any specialist goalkeeping training for, for, for goalkeepers. You could, you, you could only get, at the time in England, you could only go to like some professional academies like Liverpool or Manchester United. That was local to me. And if you were never good enough, which I was never good enough, I never played for any professional <laughs> academy as a child. And I actually never came into the game until I was 18 years of age. It was very late. When I got my opportunity, and again, I, I speak about that in the books, and obviously that inspires goalkeepers who are not at 
current professional clubs or where do you want to be? You know, I always say, listen, you know, you know, you, you've not lost your opportunity. Anyway, long story short, as I say, I I, uh, I wanted when I come out of my uh, professional uh, career, uh, like most uh, ex-professionals, I got a job uh, as a professional goalkeeping coach, and I very quickly realised I didn't like that. My my forte, I was I love I loved doing rounds. The grassroots. Uh, uh, so I started just for keepers in 1998. Now, a long time ago, when I had hair, uh, I <laughs> basically just give young goalkeepers an opportunity that I never had. I wanted to create an academy uh, that was basically like you know Manchester United Academy or Chelsea Academy or Liverpool Academy, but minus all the politics, all the pressure. Now, I know a lot's changed uh, over the years, but when I was when I started this in 1998. Even for like an eight-year-old, ten-year-old goalkeeper at an academy, it was absolutely brutal. The the pressure on them was just ridiculous. It wasn't fair. So I wanted to create a different environment. Yeah, it was still a professional academy, but there was no pressure. It was all about fun. We were there, but we were there to to guide the mums and dads as well as guiding the students. Anyway, long story short, again, I you know we went on to become in thirty-seven countries. We, we've been across six continents. Uh, that's uh, I sort of I don't want to use the word franchise. Because it's not a franchise what I do, but the best way to describe it is sort of like coaches. I set up and I set up a system where I help goalkeeping coaches create their own business. Because uh, a lot of goalkeeping coaches are fantastic goalkeeping coaches, but they just don't understand technology, social media. Uh, uh, so with me being a bit of an entrepreneur as well, I sort of put a package together. <laughs> and, and I, yes. Because I make it easy, I make it easy for goalkeeping coaches to literally, you know, get the business off the ground. Just focus on what's the most important thing is the, the children and helping the next generation of goalkeepers, and also helping the parents, which is something I'm massive on. And as I say, yeah. we're in 37 countries across six continents, uh, and I'm very proud to say that trust the keepers. We've helped more goalkeepers achieve their dreams, uh, you know, and. Uh, from proven results, I'm not just saying this, guys, from proven results, we've helped more goalkeepers achieve their dreams than any other goalkeeping organisation in history. And that's obviously not just me, by the way, guys. That's an army of yeah. 4K I, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to step in real quick, real quick, where just because um, I just want to, yeah, yeah, no. Uh, I, I can tell, tell how passionate you are about it and everything. And I, and, and I think, you know, definitely people are going to enjoy the book and they're going to enjoy, you know, learning all about it. But I, I, when you brought up the whole aspect of not understanding how to start your own business and social media and everything like that, Suskia, you know, this is a conversation that we've had, you know, our, ourselves in regards to there's a lot of great young coaches out there um, who are kind of lost in the shuffle. Um, because they just don't know how to market themselves properly. No, absolutely. I mean, I, I probably one of them too, <laughs> you know, back in the day, I'm not a coach anymore. Um, kind of happy moved on from that too, but, um, but no. And I think even for us with, with not to do a, you know, infomercial, but I think with the union, with the platform that we set up, I think that actually makes it, we've put the tools in place to make it easier for, for goalkeepers and camps to set up a platform within that, um, yeah. that's successful, accessible for their, um, players, you know, we geofence it the whole nine yards. Like I said, that's not, I'm not doing an infomercial, but, um, <laughs> it, it, it helps and you want to be able to get yourself out there. And, you know, I wasn't savvy at any of that either. For me, it was just like a phone call, a word of mouth and stuff when I did privates or when I, um, you know, started coaching and then got picked up by UCLA and stuff. 
I, th- I think, you know, especially Ray, you know, when we're talking about like the beginnings, the foundational steps of a young coach and everything like that, you know, and I think it's good for parents to hear this as well, too, when they're we're f- looking for different, you know, coaches for their kids. And when we're going to we're going to obviously talk about that later when we get in, into the book and everything. But is that you have you have some sort of a template to follow because it's brand new to you. Um, and there's tried and true methods that have worked for people. Don't try to re- reinvent the wheel. Right. Right. Definitely. Well, another thing, what, what uh, Sashka was saying there is absolutely spot on, by the way, guys. And just to add to what you were saying, Sashka, is that another big problem as well, and hopefully this doesn't come across wrong because it's not meant to, uh, because a lot of goalkeeping coaches and also outfielding coaches, they'll get their qualifications to obviously to get jobs in soccer, which there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying don't do that. Uh, but what happens is a lot of goalkeeping coaches, they get disheartened very quickly because... I mean, I've coached all over the world and it doesn't matter, you know, and thankfully it's getting better now, guys, but it doesn't matter what country you are in the world, at the governing bodies, there's too much politics. There's, yeah. there's no need for politics in soccer. I, I've, I've, everybody should be treated equally. But the problem is you get these young goalkeeping coaches and they put all the heart and effort into investing their time, their money, trying to get the coaching qualifications and they never get the jobs that they deserve. And it's not because they're not good enough. And there's so many factors why they don't get the jobs. I'm not going to go into too much detail. One could be like, you know, in, in England, we call it jobs for the boys or jobs for the girls, uh, mm. where someone will only get a coaching job, not necessarily because the qualification is because who they know. And again, I exactly. understand why that, yeah. that yeah. happens. Uh, but what happens here, guys, is that there's so many, like you said, Michael, so many amazing, amazing young goalkeeping coaches who actually – They'll start off with all the enthusiasm to, you know, to help the next generation. But when they get to 21, 22, 23, when they're getting overlooked, they think, oh, well, I mustn't be, I mustn't be a good goalkeeping coach. And it's not because of that. There's so many other, like some politics, why they don't uh, achieve yeah. the dreams. And that's why what you're saying there, Sashka, about having another, uh, you know, obviously with, uh, uh, I'm going to promote your, I'm going to do the info, information for you now. You know, you, you guys <laughs> have got your, your platform to help goalkeepers. I've got just the keepers. And I always believe that every single goal, well, not every single goalkeeping coach, but I think the majority of goalkeeping coaches should yet still chase your dream and try and get all the qualifications you can, try and become the highest coach you can in your area or your country. But I always believe every goalkeeping coach should have their own little independent business going on the side. Even if, like you said, you're doing one-to-one to start off with, Saskia, because yeah. you've got a plan B then. And that what yeah. happens then if a young goalkeeper's chasing the dreams, but they've got their own little goalkeeping schools going on, at least they're finding success because they've got the students coming to them week in, week out, and that allows them to grow. Because I just think we lose far too many young goalkeeping coaches, you know, before the 25, because they lose heart, because they think they're going to get the qualifications, and they think the qualification is going to automatically give them the job that they want, and that doesn't necessarily happen yeah. all the time. Yeah. And for the most part, it's not their fault, guys. Yeah. No, of course, of course. And, and I think, you know, Suskia, one of the things I, I love what Ray just said there in regards to like jobs for the boys, jobs for the girls, that that sort of thing. Um, I think, you know, obviously speaking about, you know, the the, the game, you know, <clears throat> in the past and it's and it's improving and everything like that. But I mean, you know, this, you know, we, we, were, we were discussing this in regards to how many goalkeeper coaches, you know, at the division one level in the top clubs, you know, had had you know had played division one you know women's soccer um had played division two women's soccer played division three women's soccer um and how many of them were you know expatriates from somewhere else that were just thrown into the system and then the more and more we can develop players 
that can go on to become coaches, mm-hmm. you know, the, the more that's going to improve the, the quality of, of the education for everybody out there. Well, yeah. And I mean, even with Angel City, with our Player 22 program and, and Washington's doing a similar program, and I'm pretty, pretty sure the whole league will start doing it. And every team is just developing those pro players while they're playing <clears throat> and starting that then so that when they step out, they can step into coaching. They have the experience at a certain level, um, what, whether it's coaching or into the front office and stuff. And so we give them that opportunity because sometimes when you don't think about it when you're playing and then you, you stop playing and you're like, what am I going to do now? And you're kind of, and I've always said this, you're kind of starting in a sense behind the eight ball a little bit because you, you retire in your thirties and now you're trying to start your company or you're trying to start, you know, your, your side gig and, and everything. And you, you're behind in a sense and it, you have to play catch up. So starting it while you're like getting an idea of how to do it, getting, your licenses, whatever, while you're playing, um, helps helps you kind of have a path for when you retire. I, I want to say this though, Ray. Like you know, because I think the thing is, is that the jobs for the boys is thing is it's always going to stay. You know, the networking, yeah. you know, and relationships mm-hmm. is, is going to be forever. But if we can yeah. p- properly prepare these coaches who do get those opportunities, you know, we're, we're going to be, be better off for it. You know, I think. I think that's that's the thing as as well. Um, I want to I want to segue. I want to go into the in, into the into the parents. Thing I think because I, I know- think the other thing, goalkeeper coaches out there, so you don't get discouraged. But that how many goalkeeper coaches are there at a club per field play field coaches? So there aren't as many job opportunities out there for a goalkeeper coach. You know, for something so specific, you might here in America, you might have what one director of goalkeeping for like thirty teams. and and maybe a couple like assistants that don't get paid or something, but basically that's it. And as opposed to you have a coach per team for 30 teams, you know, so there aren't as many opportunities. So don't get discouraged, but just keep that in mind. Yeah. Um, Just before you meant, just before you mentioned the book, uh, Michael, again, what you said there, Sashka is, is completely spot on. And what a lot of people don't realize is that, 95%, 95%, you know, it's only it's only the small minority of goalkeeping coaches actually go on to earn the mm-hmm. income that they desire in a job. Uh, you know, the majority of goalkeeping coaches out there are voluntary goalkeeping coaches. So I think, you know, every whether it's the US soccer, whether it's the English FA, I think you should bring something in that also teaches goalkeeping coaches to be entrepreneurs as well. So you've got two choices. So after going through the certification, you get the certification to get those, obviously, that important certificate to get the jobs. But for those ones that might not get the job or they might not want a job, at least they've got, they've learned those entrepreneurial skills. So, you know what? I actually, you know, I can't get that job or I don't want that job for whatever reason. But you know what? I'm going to start my own little goalkeeping schools in my area. I can go and coach 10, 20, 50, 100 goalkeepers. And I definitely think it doesn't matter what country, I think every uh, soccer Governing organization, I say, like whether it's the US soccer or the English FA, they should bring in some type of business with every certification. And I just think the whole, never mind goalkeeping, outfielding as well. How mm-hmm. how amazing would it be that if someone couldn't become a goalkeeping coach at, at their chosen club, rather than them get fed up and disheartened and they quit, they can go, you know what? At least they're still in the system. At least they're still doing something. At least they're still giving back. And helping the next generation, mm-hmm. so I think you definitely should be should be looking at things like that. 
Yeah, that that's brilliant. You know, Saskia, I, I'd never even thought about that. That's one of those mind exploding moments we have on these podcasts for me. Uh, because like, I, I can't just tell you how many times I've just think been thinking about, like, I literally had to learn this by myself. No one ever taught me how to start an academy, how to find clients, how to do any mm-hmm. of that stuff. And I think also on the outfield side, I think that'd be great too if the Federation did that because the simple yeah. matter is that like a lot of the young players out there, and this is you know kind of segueing into the parents, you know, helping their goalkeepers. It's not necessarily they're finding the right coaches for their kids. They're finding the ones that are the best business savvy people who are marketing themselves out mm-hmm. there for their kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Is that one of those rhetorical questions? No, no. It's <laughs> <laughs> squeaky wheel, right? You might yep. not be the you might not be the best, but if you're the, the loudest and you're out there, pe- people are going to migrate towards you. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah thing on that, Michael, that one of the points I'm going to make, and it's actually in the, in the book, is how it educates parents how to get the right goalkeeping coach for their child, and it's not necessarily. Like we said, uh, uh, Saskia, it's not the ones with the squeaky wheel. It's, it's, some, it's not necessarily who think everyone thinks who's the best coach in their mm-hmm. state uh, because it's like, yeah, I'll, I'll go through that when you start speaking about the book, Michael, because that's super important because I, I want to empower parents to be able to help their goalkeeping child achieve their dreams. So let, let, let's, let's go into it. Let, let, then let, let's directly go into that right here. First off, like, Ray, before we kind of go into that, can you just explain a little bit of like what is the difference between being a goalkeeper parent versus an outfield parent? Because I think a lot of a lot of parents out there, you know, definitely feel isolated because a lot of times they're the one or only the two parents on on a club team uh, that that are dealing with the same circumstances. One big word, guys, ignorance. Uh, a complete ignorance towards the position of goalkeeping. So you get a lot of parents on the on the line. And also as well, you get a lot of coaches, by the way, as well, not just the parents. So even coaches who've, if they've, and again, Sasquatch, you'll understand what I'm saying. And obviously you will as well, Michael, but, you know, you get a coach that, you know, they might have been a fantastic outfield and player. They might be an amazing coach, but they still don't know anything about goalkeeping, but they will never admit to that. Uh, and I remember seeing it. Very quickly, guys, I remember seeing an interview with Arsene Wenger, uh, and this was years ago when David Seaman was playing for Arsenal, and David Seaman, uh, uh, I forgot what happened, I think he made a mistake or something, and the, and the commentator asked Arsene Wenger, who's a premiership manager, hey, what do you think the problem was with David Seaman and making that mistake? And he went, hey, you need to go and ask the goalkeeping coach. I've no idea. <laughs> But that's on it. So that was like Arsene Wenger, a premiership manager, saying, hey, I don't know anything about goalkeeping. But, yeah, you get parents on the line. You get coaches who, again, I'm not I'm not knocking them as a coach, by the way, guys. Okay, yeah. But they all think because they know goalkeeping because they watch a bit of it on TV. So, for me, it's ignorance. Uh, and what happens is uh, when a goal goes in, because the parents on the line, even the coaches don't understand why that goal went in. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't. Was the left back was too out of place? Where the was the defense? You know, uh, did the, did the defense drop too too far on on the goalkeeper mm-hmm. so the goalkeeper couldn't obviously get their angle? And obviously, you know yourself again, Sasha, when a, and yourself, Michael, when you, when the defense drops too deep as a goalkeeper, you've got to drop deep yourself, and that puts you in the wrong position. So there's so many things that happens in a game that parents don't understand, coaches don't understand. They just go, "Oh, it's the goalkeeper's fault." Mm-hmm. So, yeah. ignorance, guys, and uh, as I say, uh, there's too many people will quickly blame the goalkeeper. Even 
as I say, you know, the um oh, I've got guys, I could give you ten thousand examples. Obviously, I won't, but yeah, for yeah. me, just like, horror stories that I've heard where you know young goalkeepers' confidence have been completely destroyed because of comments on the line and the coaches. Oh, yeah. oh the coaches a- a- abs- not, absolutely they should be, be stopped, they should be stopping. Stop it, nipping it on the butt. The coaches, never never mind goalkeepers, outfielders as well. They shouldn't allow any parent to shout any criticism towards any child playing. Yeah. And, and, and again, and again, again, Ray, I can I can tell how passionate you are about this. And so obviously you're in this for the right reasons, type of a thing. Like, you know, I think Suskia, you know, one of the things that, that Ray was bringing up right there that I think is, is really important for, for parents out there to hear is that a lot of the times they're in a situation where they are the only one who uh, has any sort of understanding of the goalkeeping world uh, because they have a goalkeeper as a child. And they're literally dealing with coaches and other parents and everyone else who who isn't familiar. And I think that really goes back to coaching education on the club side, that the co- the club needs to do a better job of teaching everyone about the position. I mean, they don't need to be goalkeeping experts, but they need to have some sort of semblance of understanding so that these, so that the, these kids aren't just being thrown into the wild type of a thing. And now the parent feels like, well, what am I paying for? If these people don't even know what, what, what's necessary for my child. You know, we see it all the time and we see it and it trickles onto field players as well, especially at the younger ages that the kid and, and, you know, they'll turn on their goalkeeper as well, the parent, if the parents are doing it and, and they don't have an understanding of why the goal went in, like, you know, where was the pressure on the ball? Was the goalkeeper telling you to do something and you didn't do it? And you put the goalkeeper into a bad situation Well, parents don't understand that they don't see it that way. So they start, you see them start yelling at the keeper and that trickles into the field onto their kids as well. And like so many times I've been there and I've had to stop practice and just be like, bring the team in and be like, look, you know, like enough, you know, and it's coming from the sideline into their kids. Now you have a goalkeeper that doesn't want who wants to play goalkeeper in that situation, you know? So the education of the parents on the sideline is paramount, you know, because it, it'll trickle. It's, it's like a cancer. It'll go onto, you know, it'll spread. And, you know, so it's, it's so important if you're going to yell something, know what you're talking about <laughs> you know? like, or don't say anything at all. Like, you know, and, and, and one thing, you know, I, I want to say right here is like, you know, and I love the way kind of you've broken everything down, Ray, in this book in regards to these are a lot of different areas that I think are really, really important for parents out there. And I want to give a shout out to somebody like a, like Angie Bryan, you know, who runs a, a wonderful um, uh, Facebook group for parents. And now she's going to be working with the union, uh, creating our entire uh, parent library of content and interactive forums and town halls and all that stuff. Um, because it's really important to keep, have these conversations and keep the interactions, the communications going. Uh, but with parents, you know, like there has to be communication. And a lot of these topics that you're putting right here are things that I'm asked all the time. All the time, you know, I mean, even just something is like choosing the correct shape goalkeeper glove for your child's shaped hands. I mean, like Suskia, how many times do you get asked about that, about gloves, about gloves? I get get asked about gloves all the time. And it's, you know, and the funny thing is, you know, kids are like kids. They see something shiny and they, they, they're like, I want that. And it's like, it might not be the right thing for you, you know, but you know, and it's important to understand, understand what, what is the good glove? Go try them on, figure out what's right. Don't get a, don't get it like a, 
$200 game glove and send your kid to practice in it every day like, <laughs> and then wonder why it fell apart a week later. Like, yeah. you know, there's a lot that I mean, goes into it. Oh, one of the biggest, one of the biggest mistakes that uh, parents of goalkeepers make, and also young goalkeepers as well. They always choose the goalkeeping glove that their favorite goalkeeper wears. Exactly. You know, yeah. And for example, if their favorite goalkeeper is uh, you know, their handshape is for all things, for example, uh, and the young goalkeeper's handshape is negative cut, you know, as I say, it's like, you know, I, I'm not, you know that's, I, you know, it's only very minute, but it's a massive mistake and it can cost, as you know, against it can cost goals, guys, you know, it's like, um, you know, it's, just, it's super important to get the correct shaped goalkeeping glove for your shaped hand. Yeah, it makes me, it makes me think about when we were at UCLA, like, they would just order the equipment. Right. So like, I yeah, and, I'm like yeah. and I'm like, what are these gloves? Like, and my goalkeepers would look at me. I'm just like, let me work on it. You know, when I first came in. And so then like the next year it was like, okay, like I had to go sit with the equipment manager and go through the gloves and pick the right gloves and pick, you know, game gloves and stuff like that. And obviously I have to pick from Nike at that point, but still it was, you know, just the coaches not knowing and them doing the equipment before that and just be like, oh yeah, those gloves, whatever. They're blue and yellow. So let's just get those because that's, <laughs> that's UCLA uh, colors, you yeah, know? Yeah. <laughs> they, they just think goalkeeping gloves is goalkeeping gloves. Oh, they, 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 you know, and they have exactly. no idea. And I tried <laughs> to explain to them. I said, you can't order the same pair of boots for every single player, you mm -hmm. know, yeah. and you wouldn't, and you have to ask what, you know, because their foot's different, and they're like, "Really, gloves are like that?" I'm like, "Yeah, really, they are." And these are coaches, you know. I mean, and it's also, you know, Ray. I mean, it's also, you know, from a, a mental health standpoint and a, and a and a and a mindset performance standpoint, it's about confidence too. Like, so if you feel comfortable with what you're wearing, you're gonna be more successful in your actions in a game than if you're if you're kind of you know doubting or you don't feel comfortable or it hurts your hand or it's too big or anything like that. Yeah. Well, how many times have you seen a, a, go, a young, a, like a young goalkeeper, uh, and they spend most of the game fiddling with the goalkeeping gloves, and they're like, mm -hmm. because subconsciously they're like, this, you know, what's the matter with the gloves? Because for the most part, they're in the wrong shape goalkeeping gloves, and you know yourself, guys, as a goalkeeper, if you're not a, a thousand percent concentrating on the game, that mm. split second of you going, oh, my gloves, you've lost that concentration, and. As, as crazy as it sounds, that, that that actually does cost goals. Just that little lack of concentration, trying to fix your gloves, because just something doesn't feel right, like you said, Michael. Oh. And um, I always say to my students, I don't know if you guys have ever said this, I, I always say, look, you know when you've got the right pair of goalkeeping gloves on for your shaped hands, because it doesn't even feel like you've got a pair of goalkeeping gloves on, because, pardon the pun, it fits like a glove. <laughs> you know, <Yeah>. so. <laughs> no, it's true. That's very true. Um, let's go into this topic right here because I think this is really important in regards to the importance of picking the correct football team for your child. So, Ray, kind of kind of break down like what was kind of like your your idea for putting this in the book, and and how do parents go about finding this? You know, and I think there's some really good little inserts in here, so I'm just kind of going to kind of throw some stuff up there for people can read. Brilliant. Well, on that note as well, sorry guys as well. These like these a lot more points I could have put in this book. That's why these like these like free resources. Uh, because if they put everything, because all, all this book, by the way, guys, is, is like all the most common asked questions that I've been asked by literally tens of thousands of parents and goalkeepers over the past two decades. So obviously, I couldn't put everything in, in there, uh, as I say. So there's like three resources where they can go and get, I think it's like 50 videos where it's actually me just verbally 
you know, for example, how to deal with small, how to deal with big goals if you're a small goalkeeper. You know, so for example, I've done them in like a video, and it's all completely free of charge, guys. But I wanted to put this in, guys, because it's. You just reminded me of a story there, Mike, and you guys might have heard this. So I won't mention the Premiership Football Club, but there's too many parents. So I actually lived in Florida for two years as I was building uh, Just to Keepers USA, but I had to come back because of family issues. Now, in the USA, all the parents want to be in the best soccer club, uh, you know, in their mm -hmm. states, which I don't understand why they do that. But in England, it's like, right, we've got to be at Manchester United Academy, we've got to be at Liverpool Academy. I remember going back years and years ago, well, 15 years ago now, and a parent would come to me all excited. It was like, Ray, you know, my son has just been picked to play for this Premiership Academy. I won't mention the name to embarrass the goalkeeping coach. Now, I personally knew the goalkeeping coach, lovely guy. But to be honest with you guys, to, going back to what we said before, the only reason why he was at the club is because who he knew, not his goalkeeping coaching uh -huh. uh, 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 skills, shall we say. So I said to the parent, look, it's fantastic. <clears throat> I'm really... I'm really proud that your son is at XYZ Professional Football Academy. But look, I personally know the goalkeeping coach. Your, mm -hmm. your, son, your son is not going to develop under this goalkeeping coach. Mm -hmm. And the parents like, yeah, but Ray, it's XYZ Premiership Football Club. It's like, yeah, I get that. Yeah, but, but what's the goal? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Your child's going to be with the goalkeeping coach. And honestly, the conversation went on for like 10 minutes, but I kept saying, but look... <laughs> You've got to look at the goalkeeping coach. And his answer was, but Ray, it's X, Y, Z, football coach. Uh, and again, parents well, are just, I just blinded. Had, I just had this discussion. Well, we just dealt, dealt with that with Morgan. Um, yeah. Farm. And picking, and it's the same, even picking universities. If parents out there, if you're looking at it for, for your kid going to college, what is the goal? I mean, obviously college is the goal, <laughs> like, you know, and an education. But, you know, nowadays, if you're, if, if, you're aspiring to go play pro, which we know Morgan is and everything like that. Where are you going to develop the best and what goalkeeper coach is going to be the best for you? And we had a really serious conversation about that. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to say which coaches I'm talking about either, but I was just like certain people are, I wouldn't really call them a, a coach. I'd call them a trainer. Like, and I was just like, I think they're going to set up great drills for you and stuff like that, but you need yeah. to develop to get, to get to the goals that you want, which is to play pro. And we know that. And, and, you know, and so I'm super stoked she's going to Rockers. I think it was a great choice for her and a great fit for her. And there's a great goalkeeper coach there, you know, and they are, we call it's called goalkeeper you because they develop going great goalkeepers, you know, not toot my own horn, but you know, Casey Murphy <laughs> and stuff like that. But you have to look at that. And and I, I agree with you. Oh, well, I want to go to, I want to go to UCLA because they won the championship or I want to go to UNC because they won the championship. They're always the best, but is that the best place for you to develop into for what exactly. you want to be in the future? Exactly. Yeah. And, and right. You know, I mean that, that brings up such a great point because if that was the case, then every national team around the world, their all their goalkeepers would be at the top clubs in the world. And, and that's not the case. That, that's on, not the exactly. case at all. Mm -hmm. yeah, you know, spot on, exactly. <clears throat> mm -hmm. uh, Especially at the especially at the youth academy level, because I think, you know, Ray, as we're talking about when we're talking about like the foundational ages and when we're getting back to this topic of finding the right club, it's about finding a club that is right for the level of development of your your play, your young goalkeeper at the time. If they're 17, their their needs are going to be different than their needs at nine. Right. Hundred percent. And again, I briefly mentioned this in the book, guys. That literally, you know, the most the most important thing that parents should be looking after, guys, is the is their child's mindset. Mm 
And mm. to me, a parent has got to try and keep it fun with no pressure on the on the children whatsoever. And again, that's what the book's all about, etc. Mm. Um, but for me, you know, it's like, and again, I mentioned this in the book that in the book, sorry, that if a child could be at the best football club in the USA. But if their child is unhappy, not getting mm-hmm. the support from the, the, the coaches, mm-hmm. uh, the parent needs to take that child out and put them in a, an, another soccer club where the child is happy and just want to get that support that they deserve. Because especially at a young age, guys, because parents and goalkeepers think that being at a big club at seven years of age or 10 years of age or 12 years of age is, is, is important. It's not important at all. I, we always say in, in the UK, in England, or, or, or whatever we coach all over the world, that, you know, for, for goalkeepers, even though that they train hard, they should, still should train hard, etc. You know, most goalkeepers don't make a decision whether they want to make a career out of goalkeeping until they're like 13, 14 years of age anyway. You know, so up until that period, parents should only be making sure that it's fun. There's no pressure on their child. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and any coach that obviously can potentially damage their mind we need to get him away as, as fast as possible. And, you know, yeah. honestly, the best – we say this all the time here, Mike, in the sense of, like, okay, like when we'd have to recruit goalkeepers, okay, great. When we go to the games, we go to tournaments, we watch – they're on the best DCNL team in the state and everything like that, and I didn't see you catch a ball. I didn't see you, the ball come near you. I haven't seen anything. Like we always say you have to show up for warm-ups for certain – clubs so you can actually see the goalkeeper train because you don't see him play so the being on the number one team while you're developing as a goalkeeper might not be the best thing for you to develop either you need to see the game you need to see action you need to play um so standing back there fiddling with your gloves for for 90 minutes isn't going to make you the best goalkeeper either Yeah. I mean, that's such a great point. So let, let, let's now like kind of, you know, kind of a verb, kind of the topic into like finding the right goalkeeper coach for your child. So let's say you found the right club and you're looking for some supplemental training, Ray. And I know you're very passionate about this in regards to the fact that like, I I don't want to say that there's nefarious, you know, um, you know, situations going on with clubs in regards to, you know, goalkeeper coaching, but obviously the, the goal, the club, the goalkeeper coaches is there to provide service for the club to develop goalkeepers for the club to be successful and move on to the first team. They're necessarily, it's not about the development of your goalkeeper for themselves. So that's why you've, you've been always so passionate about goalkeepers uh, looking for, for a little bit of outside um, uh, tutelage as well too, right? 100%. And I've got one word in the moment that can help parents find the correct goalkeeping coach. And I'm going to touch on something what Sashka said before as well. Uh, where it's like, you know, you get these goalkeeping coaches, because I'm not saying that goalkeeping coaches in their own independent businesses, I'm not saying that they're all good, by the way, like anything in life, guys, the good, the, the good, the bad and the ugly. But like what Sashka was saying before, if you, you might have a goalkeeping coach who's amazing at marketing, but, uh, you know, they don't know how to coach goalkeepers. And again, mm-hmm. sometimes I want to touch what Saskia said as well before. You get these goalkeeping coaches, guys, that uh, they're not coaches, they're trainers, and they'll have that much apparatus mm-hmm. at the training sessions. They have Dummies, hurdles, and like the keepers <laughs> hanging over hurdles. And it looks dummies. great. It looks interesting. It looks and the yeah. children will come off and go, wow, that's amazing. And mums and dads will go, wow, that must be fantastic. But the kids, the keepers they didn't are learning learn anything. nothing. They didn't nothing. learn anything. They're just, they're nothing. just, you're just re, like, re, 
conditioning bad habits because you're a trainer, you're not a coach, you're not breaking things down, teaching them their balances off, their set positions off or anything. You're just making like an obstacle course for the kid to go through for 90 minutes, for an hour. <laughs> and, I, and I think that's I think that's a lot of goalkeeping coaches who deep down know that they might not necessarily have the skills to develop the keepers yeah. and it's a way of hiding that as mm. well. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, but another massive problem as well, guys, as well, very quickly. And the reason why, unfortunately, parents sometimes pick the wrong goalkeeping coaches that they're either recommended by someone, another parent, who doesn't understand goalkeeping, or unfortunately, and I think <laughs> I mentioned this a few once before, mm. Michael, unfortunately, I, I see this so many times and I can't understand why a fellow goalkeeping coach could do this to a child where if a goalkeeper is at a club and that, that goalkeeper says to that to that club or the goal or the club goalkeeping coach, I've got an opportunity to go and get some independent goalkeeping coaching. I've heard this hundreds of times, guys, sadly. Mm -hmm. Goalkeeping coach or the club has said, if you go to that independent goalkeeping coach, we're going to cut you from the team. Now, how adults can stop a child development Developing like that is is beyond words, to be honest with you. I, I just don't understand why. Is it financial why they're doing it? Is it because they don't, uh, you know, I think a part of it's financial. I think a or or they, or there's a certain amount of like blowback from that. Like they say they're good. You see it happen all the time where they go, they do get the outside coaching and stuff. And now all of a sudden you're not starting. Now all of a sudden you're sitting on the bench because you didn't pay the goalkeeper coach. It's part of a club to coach you on the side. Right. Yeah. You went somewhere else and now you're you've fallen out of favor somehow, yeah. you know, yeah. and it, that's ridiculous. Mm. It's it's so it's it's not cool. And, you know, and, you know, on, on, on the opposite end, I think, you know, what what's happened, Ray, is that there's been a lot of bad actors out there. So a lot of, you know, young young players have gone to work with independent goalkeeper coaches that have relationships with other clubs. And they essentially start bad mouthing the club that they're with mm. and say, oh, you need to go to blah, blah, blah. So as young oh, goalkeeper it. coaches, you need to understand. You know, you have to be you independent. Need... Yeah. Yes. I mean, yeah. in your if you're gonna start, you know, you're gonna have your own company in a sense. That company's got to be independent. You're there for to train and to educate the keeper as the keeper, not because you're filtering them to a certain club. You're not bad mouthing another club. Don't bad mouth another coach. You know, yeah. just just teach. You know. Honestly, guys. Sorry. Sorry. I was saying, no, the, amount, no. the, amount of, the amount of times that just the keepers could have been associated with professional clubs all over the world. And it would have been sort of good for J4K, for just for keepers, but we said, no, sorry. Like you said there, Sashke, we're independent because as soon as you start teaming up with other people, you lose that independency. And we're, we're like, no, we're here for the goalkeepers or we're here for the parents of the goalkeepers. Mm. That's it. We don't want to get involved in any politics. We're here just to coach. But I've just got one very quickly, Michael, one word. Yeah. That will help parents uh, decide whether you know. Um, sorry, it will help them get pick the right goalkeeping coach, and it's based on it's just literally results. Doesn't matter what people say, you know. Hey, I, I, I was I, I did this in my other country. I was a international. I've got all the best qualifications in the world. Like you said before, Sasha. You know these guys, as I say, they could be good marketers. All parents have got to look at is they could they just go, okay, great, okay. What's your results? What proven results have you got for your students? And if you can look yeah, at a goalkeeper coach. And that's why I said, like, it. look at, for Morgan, look at Rutgers. Look at their proven results and their, their lineage of where their goalkeepers are going. Like, they, they do go pro. They go to national teams. They go on. Those are results. They're tangible. There they yeah. are, you know. 
you know, it's funny that you say that because I'm, it's just making me think, Saskia, in regards to like, you know, for obviously some of our American audience here, you know, uh, in American football, the quarterback, you know, in, in, in the NFL, a lot of times the quarterbacks that, that, that are the highest level quarterbacks in the NFL did not play at the most elite college programs. They, they went to programs that developed quarterbacks to play mm-hmm. at that next type of level. So I think that is so, so, so important. And, and Ray, I think also another thing too, that's really important is that I love that you say here is that have open discussions with different goalkeeper coaches and, and, and explore out there and don't just work with one person on the side and your club, you know, then it starts becoming very cultish. And, and now you're not really preparing your young goalkeeper for the, the fact that they're going to be dealing with multiple goalkeeper coaches throughout their entire career. Honestly, and this is super important. What I'm going to say, maybe probably the most important thing I'm going to say, guys, and I, I tried to explain it in the book. I hope, hopefully, you did. Parents don't. Parents think, oh, it's a specialized position. I'll trust the goalkeeping coach. And listen, I'm not saying don't trust the goalkeeping coach. I'm mm-hmm. contradicting myself here. But so parents will just go, yeah, we'll just leave it to the goalkeeping coaches. No, you don't. Okay, you get educated. It's like when I took my 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 children to martial arts. Obviously, I never tried to teach martial arts, but what I did is I got as educated as I could to find out obviously what what's the right martial arts and what's the right teachers to go. You know, uh, in my area, which was Liverpool, when I, uh, my hometown at the time. So parents need to empower themselves by getting educated as best they can. Again, I'm not suggesting that they go and start coaching their, their goalkeeping child. <laughs> but if you get educated a bit, at least they, you know, they'll know that you know where the goalkeeping child should be going to or where they shouldn't be going to. Like you said before, Saskia, these, these goalkeeping coaches who have got like apparatus everywhere, and it's more like a circus than a goalkeeping mm-hmm. training session, the parents can go, hold on a minute. Well, what's going on here? No, 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 this is not right. And again, you don't have to be confrontational with the coach. You can be polite or then you can might, they might go, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm probably best trying somewhere else. So if they empower themselves just to get slightly educated, I promise you guys, they can really help their goalkeeping child to achieve their dreams. Yeah. You know, I, I want to say this in regards to before we kind of move, move on from this right here, Ray, is I like one of the things and and that is a simple fact is like just because somebody has these accolades and these credentials and is known as a top goalkeeper coach in the world, they might not be the right fit for my goalkeeper, for my mm-hmm. young goal, young goalkeeper. I can't tell you how many times, Ray, I've 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 seen a high level goalkeeper coach doesn't know how to work with eight or nine year olds. And that that's just not their that's just not their environment, you know? But people sign up with them anyway and pay two hundred, three hundred dollars an hour insane, insane amounts just because of, of their name. When ex coach who may not have played professionally and might've played only in college or, or even at the the youth club level, but knows how to work with eight to nine and 10 year olds and understands child development would be a way better choice for them. Absolutely. That's that's true. I mean, I can tell you when I first started coaching, I I was like, please give me the older kids, please give me the older kids. Um, But it took time for me as a coach to learn how to how to break things down and really it's a totally different type of coaching Um, and and really how to develop a young child. And so you're what you're spot on, Mike. You have to you have to research that. You can't just say, oh, so and so is the best. Here's my kid. You know, it might not be the best fit for that age. I mean, I'll I'll be completely honest. Yeah, go ahead, Ray. Sorry, Michael. Sorry, go to you. 
I was just going to say that, like, you know, I, if I look at my car right now, people will say, like, man, you have a lot of size four balls. Well, first off, those those get lost all the time because kids kids shoot them all over the place when they're when they're the little ones right there. Um, but but second of all, uh, a lot of people come to me work for working with foundational younger goalkeepers, not trying to toot my own horn or whatever, but. It, it's an environment that I'm comfortable with and and I and I enjoy that process of working with those those youngers type of a thing. You need to find a coach that enjoys that aspect of the development for your goalkeeper. So maybe work with me at eight, nine, ten, and then I say, hey, you know what? You go, should go to go Saskia. Saskia. She's she's great. <laughs> she's great for 13, 14, 15, and then yeah find, you know, Ray for 17, 18, 19, you know, that yeah. sort of thing. We need to be more comfortable as goalkeeper coaches, understanding our role. Or understanding Definitely. our, our, our strengths yeah. and our weaknesses and being okay with that. You know, obviously can, can continue to learn and teach yourself so you can be strong across the board, but absolutely Mike and have be humble enough to be able to say that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Put your you know, and I think I, side, guys. <laughs> what? <laughs> The, the, ego to a ego. lot of goalkeeping coaches should put their ego to one side. And, and, and remember, it's about their students. It's not about them. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and I think that's that's such an important thing too, Ray, because I think a lot of things is that a lot of goalkeeper coaches out there think that if I'm not coaching the first team at Chelsea or maybe not Chelsea right now, but, you know, the first team at Man City right now, I'm not the best goalkeeper. I'm not the best goalkeeper coach or I'm not a good goalkeeper coach or whatever as opposed to understanding, wow, you know what? I, I have a service that I provide, you know, that I'm really good at for what my skill sets are. And I'm going to look for opportunities and the right clients for my skill set. Well, I'm quite vocal about this. I know like a lot of videos that I've done on, on YouTube over the years and when I've obviously written me blogs, etc. So for me, I actually think the easy job is to, get a job at a professional football club. To be honest with you guys, for me, I think it's a lot harder job to actually coach independently because if you're in a job and you've got a contract, you can, you can, you know, uh, you can, uh, let's just say you can go through the motions if you've got a one-year or a two-year contract. Now, look, eventually you will get found out. But if you're an independent goalkeeping coach, guys, if you're not doing an amazing job Week in, week out, you will lose quite rightly so as well. You lose your business very quickly. So you've got to be amazing at what you do. And the reason why I, I'm not saying being a, be having a job as a coach is bad. By the way, uh, in a job, by the way, guys, far from it. Uh, I respect any goalkeeping coach, but for me, independent goalkeeping coaches have a much bigger impact on the goalkeeping community. So if you go through your career just coaching the professional clubs, you might coach 10, 20 goalkeepers a year. But if you're in your own business, you could be coaching 100, 200, 300 goalkeepers a year. So over 10 years, I just think that you have so much, have so, so, so much of a bigger impact on the goalkeeping community and, and children. So for me, I've got so, so much more respect. I'm not saying that I disrespect coaches in jobs, by the, by the way, guys, far from it. But I've got so much respect for goalkeeping coaches that are independent uh, and for 5, 10, 15, 20 years because they've had such an amazing impact uh, on hundreds and thousands of goalkeepers. I mean, I, I can just think of it just even in Southern California here alone, Saskia, you know, there's, you know, coaches like Ian Foyer who, you know, for the, for the most part has been primarily independent despite some, you know, some time in MLS and, and still, and he's now with the LA galaxy, but 
you know, uh, Patrick Seymour. I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of ones out there who've, who've done a lot of great stuff in, in the Southern California area. And I apologize. I'm not mentioning other people in the Southern California area or, or around the United States, but for brevity, I'm just using those examples. Uh, <laughs> right. I right love there. that you so, felt like you had to apologize. <laughs> well, I just don't want anyone to be like, well, why you didn't meet you in Juan Cervantes? Or like, what's, 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 like, <laughs> well, well, right well, like at, with the rolling Omar credits, just, <laughs> yes. just with the rolling credits, just, just put them all up. Just be like, yeah. it'll be at the credits at the end. Yeah, 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 exactly. Just like when you go to like the Marvel movies and it's like a four hour, four yeah, hour trailer exactly. credits like, at the end. I think it's okay, Mike. We <laughs> like, want to make sure that everyone gets represented. Um, there you go. <laughs> Ray, as, as we start wrapping up and I appreciate you taking this time because I, I know you, you got obviously a lot going on with, with the businesses and everything. And we're really excited for the launch of the, of the book and everything. But one thing that you said that was really important that you wanted to really stress on the podcast today was protecting your child's mindset. And how important it is for parents to understand that this is their journey, not the parents' journey. 100%. Again, I've seen that so many times, guys, where, you know, it's like uh, like so many parents want their child to gain a college scholarship or become a professional more than the child. Mm -hmm. um, and again, you, you've got to find a fine balance as, as a parent. Yeah, obviously, as parents, we've got to motivate and push our children uh, obviously to achieve their dreams because if we don't they'll probably end up being in the bedroom on the computers all day but it's it's, it's just finding that fine line as a parent not to go too far where it, it, it just is like there's just too much you put too much pressure on your own child to hey you know you've you've got to do this to gain a college scholarship or you've got to do this to become a professional goalkeeper and what happens uh, what happens then it takes all the fun out of it for the child and that could I've seen so many parents over the years sadly you know, ruin the chances for their child mm -hmm. to do something special because they were living their life through their children's eyes. Yeah. Uh, and you've got to be very careful. It's a fine line. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and, and you know, speaking speaking of that, Suskia, I think you know the the number one thing in regards to parents with with kind of living vicariously through their their goalkeepers is a lot of times parents will be like, oh, if this were me, and a lot of young goalkeeper coaches do the exact same thing. Oh, this is how I would do it. Yeah. As opposed to thinking, well, everyone's different and, and what works for you might not necessarily work for your, your young child, especially when they're nine years old playing in a, a you know, in, in a goal that's a little too big for them. Before we finish, can I just mention very three quick things to bring everything together? If that's sure. okay, guys. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So as I said, I've been doing this for two decades now, guys. So I, I, why I was trying to instill into, into parents and to keep it easy. And something like you mentioned before as well, Mike, the first thing is, is you've got to protect their mindset, okay? But I'm going to put three little points underneath. So protect your child's mindset, super important. And then to break it down into three points, number one, just make everything fun with no pressure, especially if they're young. Just try your best to keep it. Make it fun, no pressure. It doesn't mean that you don't take the goalkeeping seriously. You do. We can still make it fun with no pressure because I promise you, your child will develop a lot faster. Number two is about picking the right goalkeeping coach and mentors, which we've already spoke about, guys. And it's not just about goalkeeping coaches. It's about mentors as well. That can teach them, obviously, you know, the, the mental side of goalkeeping, which obviously we've not gone into. Uh, and, and number three, guys, as well, have a game plan each year for your children. So, like, from, like, year seven to 12, I always just say keep it fun. Don't worry about what clubs they play for. They just need to be in a club where they feel safe, secure, supported. That's it. Mm -hmm. and as you get to 12 to 15 and you start taking it seriously, then you might be thinking, okay, well, maybe now they need to get into the bigger clubs. Maybe now they get to need to get into the academies. 
now they really need to they get they really need to get the good goalkeeping coaches now. I mean, when they get to fifteen plus, as long as obviously they've been getting the correct goalkeeping coaching, they then should be ready to go for trials or recruitment days or trying to sell themselves by contacting colleges or pro clubs. And that's when it starts getting serious. So number one, make it fun. Number two, pick the right mentors. Number three, just have a game plan. But remember, start off when they're young. It's all about fun and no pressure. And as they get older, and when you realise they're serious, that's when you go, okay, now we get a goalkeeping coach in. Now we start preparing them, obviously, for, you know, obviously playing at a higher level. Yeah, you know, and, and last thing I want to say with that, to add on to that, Ray, with, with you, Suskia, and this is obviously something that we discuss all the time, don't eliminate other activities too early in yeah. their development. Let yeah. them continue to explore Definitely. All sorts of different things, not just athletic things, but academic pursuits, creative pursuits, all those things, because that well-rounded person is going to be more beneficial member of society than a goalkeeping robot. Yeah, and, and let them, because you don't know, like, it, it's not just, okay, you're, you're five, you're going to be a goalkeeper. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. You know, you might, I had, you know, really great goalkeeper at the Bulls, um, Brody, you know, and he's a surfer now <laughs> and a competitive surfer. And I think it's great. I'm like, all right, you know, because it wasn't just like, go do whatever you want to do. And he loved surfing as well. And he did multiple things and he said, all right, goalkeeping was what it was. And it was fun. And people could have just said, no, you're a good goalkeeper. You just have to be a goalkeeper. That's all you're going to do. You know, and now he's a competitive surfer. And I'm like, good on you. Better on the body. I think. Very <laughs> quickly, yeah. guys, have you heard of Paul Daglish? Oh yeah. What? Yeah. Paul Daglish. Yeah, heard of Paul Daglish. I think he was the manager of Miami, wasn't he, last time, I think. Um uh, I, I know he's in the, he's a coach in the US. I know he he was uh, one of the coaches, I think my my one of the Miami teams. But very quickly a friend of mine sent me a text message literally a couple of days ago and Paul Daglish said and this is Paul Daglish who knows a lot more than what I do in terms of obviously, you know, uh, players coming through the system. Uh, 97% of young scholars who get to like 17, 18, 19, uh, don't go on to play professional. Exactly. Exactly. 97%. Exactly. So make it, like you say this, ask it, make it fun. They could all become surfers. <laughs> they could all become surfers. Absolutely. I mean, I, when, and I'll end up, I have parents that'll come to me with really, really, really young kids and just be like, well, okay, what club should I send my kid to? They want to play soccer. And I'm like, hold on, my phone's ringing on my computer. And that's annoying. Um, and I'm like, your kid's like four, like five. Yeah. I'm like, go, go to AYSO, yeah. like, and see, see if they even want to go back next year. I'm like, yeah. you know, don't yeah. drop a couple thousand dollars into the club. When, yeah. You know, just go let them have fun. Go play AYSO. And then, you know, let them go play AYSO, whatever it's called, softball or, you know, bat, you know, AAU yeah. basketball or whatever, and see what they want, you know? Yeah. I, you know, it's funny. It's, you know, as, as, as we end this right here, I just want to share a little story. It's like a, a friend of mine, he he played for FC Utrecht uh, in the Eredivisie, a professional goalkeeper. And he, his son was, I think he's like 10 or 11. And he was like, why isn't he playing on X <laughs> Academy team and blah, 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 or whatever. And he's like, because it's his journey and it's his call on what he wants to do. Yeah. And... Yeah. And it's just this year at 11 years old that he's decided, you know what, dad, I want to focus on goalkeeping. 
Um, I, you know, he was doing a bunch of other things, martial arts, baseball, all this sort of stuff. He's just decided 11. Now I want to be a goalkeeper. And he's like, okay, cool. Now let's get at it. Now let's do it. But he found another goalkeeper coach to work with his son because now there's not that parent son relationship going on right there. Mm -hmm. And he's trusting that goalkeeper coach, regardless of whether he agrees with his, his activities and his, his methodology or not to, to work with his son, because again, it's his son's journey. Um, and I, I think that's the difference between somebody who's been at the highest level and somebody, a parent who's living vicariously through their child. I'm I'm just, I'm just sharing that experience right there. So no spots on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, well, this is awesome, uh, Ray, because uh, you got a little link right here for uh, for for our matters right here, so they can download the book for free and uh, and share it out with their friends. Obviously, if they want to get a hard copy, they can get it on the website and everything. But uh, really appreciate you doing this. I think a lot of parents are going to uh, benefit from this. So this link is live now, right? Yes, it's live. Yeah. So you'll be able to just click the link and download the book completely free of charge, guys. Yeah. So there's no upsells or any of that nonsense. It's completely free, guys. Uh, we really, really appreciate that. And, and obviously, you know, uh, Ray, you got some great stuff going on with Just for Keepers. If you want to plug Just for Keepers uh, before we wrap up right here, feel free. No, no, no. I appreciate that. I mean, as I say, no, it's like we, we've been going for 20 odd years now, you know what I mean? So it's just like, yeah, if anyone is looking for a free goalkeeping training session, we have got goalkeeping coaches all over the world, across the US as well. Uh, you know, we did get hit quite heavily with COVID like everyone else, but we're now getting back to our... Uh, pre-COVID, etc., guys. You know, so um, but yeah, just just check us out. And even if you don't find a, a goalkeeping coach through just for keepers, if it's not in your area, we've literally got, I mean, uh, just tons and hours and hours and hours of free help and advice. And it's all completely free for goalkeepers, for parents of goalkeepers, and even for goalkeeping coaches as well. People go, Ray, you know, yeah, yeah. Why are you helping your competition? Why are you helping other goalkeeping coaches? And I'm like, well, look, because the goalkeeping community is bigger than me. You know what I mean? As I say, for me, I just want to help young goalkeepers achieve their dreams. If I can help someone become a, a competitor of mine, I don't. I really don't care, guys, because if they're going to go and help the next generation of keepers, you know, that's what the justified keepers ethics is all about. So we, we not only help parents and goalkeepers, we also help goalkeeping coaches as well, guys. I mean, absolutely. And, and, and guys, if, if you want to be helping the goalkeeping community and you want to come on the show, obviously contact at inside the 18 media.com for a guest suggestion or a topic suggestion or at goalkeeper podcast on the union platform. If you're not familiar with the union platform, we're just about to launch publicly. Uh, but if you want to pre-order a premium subscription, you can do that right now. We've literally going to have mentor programs and interactive breakdown sessions, town halls with NWSL coaches, MLS coaches, uh, Bundesliga coaches, all sorts of different little people. Maybe even Ray and Just for Keepers will do some stuff. Who knows? You know, that's I a do. conversation we can have uh, in uh, in the future. But uh, and then we're obviously very excited about all the parents uh, content that uh, Angie Bryan is going to be working uh, with. I believe we have a, a mindset seminar coming up really soon with some great sports psychologists. Uh, if you want to reach out to Suskia, it's at Suskia uh, on the Union. You can reach out. To me at Goalkeeper Podcast. And remember to check out Suskia on CBS tomorrow. What time is that again? 7 30 LA. It's uh, Seven- CBS LA. Yeah. CBS cool. LA. So, uh, well, this has been amazing, guys. Uh, that's all the time on Inside the 18, and we are out. Later, guys. Yeah.